All right. Hello, Dustin. Hello, Hooper. This is inexplicably a little bit by design, but but it, it sort of came together as a very booky episode. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight. So we teased on the last episode that we would talk about the state of filmmaking. Um, uh, but it all kind of revolves somewhat around books somehow. And so that mm-hmm. was a perfect opportunity for me to tell you that my daughter has started writing a book. Oh, okay. Um, and so she gave me the first chapter, which is one page uh, mm-hmm. the other night. And, um, and I laughed out loud. I thought it was funny. And yeah. so I'm going to start intentionally funny or just <laughs> like, like so bad. It's funny. no, no, yeah. it's, no, no. It's intentionally funny. Like okay, I'm, okay, I'm, cool. I'm reading it. And I'm like, this is good. You know, this is yeah, good yeah. stuff. So uh, there's personality, there's characters. Yeah. There's uh there's, there's atmosphere. There's, you know, there's a, there's a mood. Sweet. I'm pretty proud. Yeah. And jealous. Cause this is more than I've written. So <laughs> <laughs> towards, towards any of my books. So, right. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to burn it, uh, and pretend I lost it, but, uh, but I will admit here on the air that, uh, I'm impressed. I'm proud. And, uh, yes. I just wanted to tell you that thought you'd get a kick out of it. You're going to teach her the lesson of always save your work as you go. <laughs> I'd never give away your manuscript to you. Did, you didn't hit command S <laughs> you gave away your one hard copy of this manuscript to, <laughs> to someone who, who might try to sabotage you. <laughs> Yeah, or either that or you're going to publish it under your own name. <laughs> like yeah, I finished, I finished your book it. and took credit for it. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? You're just a kid. You're a kid. Yeah. You, you don't have the copyright. Yeah. So I want to recommend something real quick. Then this, this ties into other things we're talking about in this episode. So, wreck um, it. what? Wreck it. Oh, I'm going to wreck it. I'm going to wreck it. I'm going to wreck it. I'm going to um, recommend it, gentlemen. So I, uh, I, I, I decided that it's at a certain point I would uh, just sort of bundle a bunch of things that I had enjoyed lately and, uh, and record a bottle episode about things I would recommend people consume that are not necessarily movies. Yeah. Um, and which I have not done as the record, as of the recording of this episode, but this was going to be one of those things until I realized it, was relevant to something we would do on Hoopercast. So I was okay. like, okay, I'll just recommend it here. Um, Go for uh, it. So anyways, that thing is a seven episode podcast series called the witch trials of JK Rowling. Mm. So this was produced by free press. They do honestly with Barry Weiss and a couple of other podcasts, I think, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a Substack journalist type of, you know, organization. Um mm-hmm. And the host is Megan Phelps Roper. Do you know who that is? No. So she is it related to Richard Roper. F- <laughs> no, formerly of the Westboro Baptist Church. Phelps is. Oh, okay. Um, so she she was the, not the related wander- to Michael Phelps. No, not related to Michael Phelps. <laughs> um, uh, and what she, about Michael Douglas? N- may- maybe, maybe. Okay. I'm sure he's hit on her before. Um, <laughs> hey, Michael Richards. That's okay. I'll pick at a funeral. Hey, can, I get, can I get your number? <laughs> Is she related to Megan the Android? <laughs> Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Megan McCain. <laughs> 
man. All right. Um, so she, she left. So the reason it's kind of interesting that she's the host is that she, hmm. you know, left that organization, yep. that group, you know, years ago, sure. um, completely changed her perspective, you know, and she's a, she's an advocate for all kinds of progressive things now. Um, and so it's interesting because this of course is centering around this, the topic of the JK Rowling, um, you know, controversy du jour, which was her comments about transgender stuff and this whole Twitter kerfuffle, um, and subsequent, you know, cultural kerfuffle about her position on certain elements of that issue. So regardless of, you know, your feelings on that issue, I found it a very compelling and I would say important discussion about ultimately about uh civil discourse and about um uh you know you know exploring like 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 it's a really really detailed dissection of the issue it's not just like you know well here's what happened and here's what she said and here's why she's right it's like it's, you know she, megan talks to a lot of people talks to a lot of you know, people on every side of this issue and their feelings about J.K. Rowling. And she's talk- and of course she interviews J.K. Rowling. She sits down with her twice um, and gets all this stuff. And it's clear from the podcast that J.K. Rowling has, you know, in spite of what people may assume or continue to believe, has done her homework on the issues and has read books and has spoken to people and has, 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 studied her opponent's arguments can articulate them and still, you know, disagrees. And it's interesting that, it, that, you know, what, 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 what you ultimately what you get out of it is you sort of explore these ideas about not only the issue at, 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 at its face value, but also just what if I'm wrong? Like, you know, that just that very important, you know, psychological, uh, principle, like what if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, who am I harming, you know, and that goes sort of both ways. And, and the idea of like, you know, the responsibility or the ability of people who do have large platforms to speak out when they feel passionately about something and they see other people who aren't as free to speak about it for many reasons for her, it was like, I fully recognized and prepared my team that I was about to speak out about this and that there might be blowback. Um, but at the same time, if I don't do that, I'm just protecting this big empire for what reason exactly? Like, so that I'm free to do what? Just continue to be rich and, you know, so I found it very interesting and I would encourage anyone to go listen to it. It, it doesn't really take a position like, oh, she's right. It's just like, it's just a really... I was surprised by it. I sort of just thought it was going to be one way and, and it wasn't. So anyways, cool. That was more than I intended to say about that, but I'd go, I'd listen to it on Spotify. You can get it in anywhere podcasts are made. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I liked it. Um, Sweet. Yeah. So that's interesting also because we've got in the news recently, you sent me this deadline article about this Harry Potter TV series um, that is continuing to inch towards um, its, uh, you know, creation, creation. Yeah. Yeah. And I was reading the thing and I was like, okay, where are we at with this? Cause I'd heard all kinds of 
you know, similar, like what's, you know, let's make, let's make more Harry Potter stuff. I hadn't heard specifics about this. I think I had avoided it willingly. Um, and this article is talking about, I was, you know, I was talking to my wife and uh, today about it and she was like, uh, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fine if they want to do some prequel stuff or continue something with the kids or whatever. And I said, all right, well, a, I disagree with anything being made of this of this property at all. Um, specifically yeah. because of what we've discussed before, it undermines undermines Voldemort as a threat. It undermines the significance of Harry as a hero. It just it it dam- it's it damages the original IP for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like, "Well, what are they doing?" I said, "They are, according to this article, they're just adapting the books again um, mm-hmm. as a TV show. They're basically rebooting the franchise as a TV show." Yeah. And yeah. she was like, "Oh." And it's interesting because I've always advocated for if you're going to adapt books, do them yeah. as series of television or limited series, because yeah. that is probably the the best way to do it in most yeah. cases. That yep. does apply here to the Harry Potter movies. But that's been done as movies, nonetheless. They're all excellent. Mm. And you need to just stop. Yeah. And um, I... In the article, it even mentions because I was I, I my my reply to this share from you was that's genuinely surprising, yeah. Because for me, it seems that J.K. Rowling was still like an extremely hot button person to yeah. want to do business with, but David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Media or whatever it is right now, Warner Discovery, apparently the whole time that was going on was like, nope. I'm with, I'm support JK Rowling should be able to say whatever she wants and whether or not he feel would feel that way if they weren't in business together is a, is, is an unknown to us who aren't in the room, Mm. but it's funny that this person who he desperately needs to agree with this decision in order to (laughs) make money off of her ideas. Um, of course he supports her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just found that very, uh, very interesting and depressing again, because not only do I believe that Harry Potter as a franchise shouldn't continue to be made into anything except for, I think I literally said the last time we talked about it, make a video game about it. And I, I yeah. little did I know like the next day, the trailer dropped for that, for the, yeah. the, the Hogwarts legacy or whatever it is. Yep. Yep. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Just yeah. do that. Yeah. That's right. okay. And people right. were like picketing that. So I was like, okay, well, they're yeah. never going to make more stuff. Like, she, it's yeah. it's too hot. It's but, over. Yeah, but but yeah. it's not apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, and and my take on it is, yeah, I think the movies are all done really well, and certainly you can expand on it. I've never read the books, but I'm I'm sure there's a lot more uh, that was that was left out of the of the stories uh, that were adapted for film. Uh, my thought is like, well. If it doesn't really serve the overarching story, then mm-hmm. does it really matter? Um, but, you know, I could see the argument like, well, but she wrote more, so let's adapt more. Okay, I got it. Fine, whatever. Right. But my other thought, like the prevailing thought is Harry Potter as a franchise was an achievement for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. um, not the least of which was, you know, watching these children grow into adults throughout the course of the the film the filming of them um but but those roles are so synonymous with the actors who played them uh it's going to be a tall order to replace them yeah and especially and this is the biggest thing 
this close to the release of the original adaptation. So if we were talking that like in, you know, another 50 years, we're adapting it. Okay. Whatever. Technology's advanced a lot in the 50 years of filmmaking between that and this. Sure. Maybe. Okay. you, You could twist my arm and fine. 15 years after do we really have we really progressed to a point where we can i don't know do something better you know what i mean like like i get i guess yeah. you can always do the story more justice okay sure fine whatever but again what was wrong with the films that's the that's my thing there's nothing wrong with the movies uh, any yeah. you know i those have always been to me classic examples of the right way to adapt a book to the screen. Like you're going to leave some sure. stuff out. Yes. Dobby's not in the goblet of fire, even though there's a whole subplot about these, this, these, these, the, um, the, whatever the out, the elves rights thing that Hermione's yeah. on about, but there's allusions to it. Like you don't have to go into this whole thing sure. about her forming a committee about it and stuff. So the only thing you yeah. can do is flesh out more side characters, which isn't really yeah. necessary. And to me, that's why we don't need to make like when you're adapting something, we don't need to make the, the original work carbon copy into the new medium. That's if you're doing that, there is no reason to consume the new thing unless you are. I was thinking about this with the bullet train episode, like, like in a way, if you just adapt the novel exactly to the screen, what is the purpose of making this in a new medium? There isn't one. It's just, you're telling me the same story. I theoretically already have access to this. So if I don't care about the story, I don't care about your movie. If I've never seen this, if I've never read this book, I'm not going to watch your movie. And I don't care about this story. Or if I do care about it, I've already read it. And if you're giving me the same story, I've got no reason to pay money to watch the same story again when I might already own this novel. So with Harry Potter right. books, it's like, well, the books are great. Of course they're made synonymous. They're made with the release of the book. So people are kind of consuming it all as one thing, but it was done yeah. so well. Had those movies never existed. And we were talking about the beloved series. Like, of course there'd be a lot more appetite for it. And I would, be, I would be saying at this point, like if the films didn't exist, like, yeah, adapted as a series because that's going to be the best way to do it. And I would still feel yeah. that way having never yeah. experienced the films being as good as they are. Um, yeah. That's a relative fluke, honestly, mm-hmm. like the studio and the filmmakers and the actors just all being just the perfect fit and, and just the yeah. right amount of control and freedom. And, yeah. um, and it was great. So to, to, to make it again is just pure cynical cash grab to me. Cause you're, you're basically saying either um, it's, they're not new enough and people need new things um, or else they don't matter. Or yep. you're saying that um, it doesn't really matter. They'll watch it anyway because they're stupid and they'll watch anything brand new that we make and put a lightning bolt on. Yeah. Or you're saying that books are boring and even recently old movies are boring. Yeah. And it's all kind of insulting to me, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I mean, th- this is the thing. Like, you know, obviously they they've done some more Lord of the Rings type stuff lately. And sure. Um, and there's been to, rumors to cut you off real quick on that. Yeah. yeah at yeah, least that is a new story. I may not it like is. that it exists, but that's different than saying, Hey, we're going to do a seven season television show about the Harry yeah. Potter books. It's like, Hey asshole, I know how they end. Yeah. So, right. so what's your game plan? Right. 
I'm not going to spend time watching this. Exactly. Like, how do you differentiate <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. And and not only that, but like Harry Potter, um, those films are, are iconic in not just the the acting. Like, obviously, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Obviously, Alan Rickman is Severus Snape. Right. Right. Like, you almost can't separate them from it. Um, everybody who's ever read a Harry Potter book post the first film mm -hmm. has heard Alan Rickman's voice when they read those pages. Right, right. 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 Like that, that's just what it is. Um, so, so not only are they an achievement for that reason, but they're iconic in their score, which presumably the new adaptation wouldn't use. Um, right. and so, okay. Um, there, but, but even more than that, I think they are iconic in their production design. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Hogwarts yeah. has a specific look. Um, the houses like the their their uniforms have a specific look. The Hogwarts Express looks the way that it looks. What do you do? Like, <laughs> how do you how do you readapt that 15 years on mm -hmm. without saying, OK, well, we're just going to do something drastically different. But yeah. then but that's not what Universal Studios looks like. Exactly. And that's not what you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not what my. What, what I see in my brain because that's not what the merchandise looks like that's not what the merch looks like and that's and and like I said that's not what I see in my brain because my brain is very tied to the the other versions yeah and 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 it just always probably will be and so it's a really tall order to say okay maybe I can get you on board with new actors Maybe I can get you on board with new music. Maybe mm -hmm. I can get you on board with new production design. Maybe I can get you, but maybe you can't. That's a lot of maybes. Yeah. I, I and I believe I, if, if I'm correct, like JK Rowling has a say, I don't know if she has the power to stop it, but I believe that she, like there's some clause wherever that she has like a, a she has to be consulted if they're going to make yeah. anything out of her IP. I don't know. Again, yes. I don't know if she were to say, Hey, this is a bad idea and I'm not going to support it. I don't know if they can then say, well, we're making it anyway. You had your chance. You had first right yeah. of refusal or, yeah. or what, but if I were her, I mean like, again, whatever, I don't know what she thinks on the issue, but if it were me, obviously I'd be like, okay, we'll make it and just know I'm going to make sure everyone knows that I don't support this. And so at yeah. least you're not going to have an entire, I'm not, I'm not going to have my fans angry at me for trying to get rich off of my idea again, like, again. Uh, you know, yeah. and so they can, you can have fun handling all of that backlash yourself because it's yeah. all on you, you know, yeah, and, if, totally. and if it's great and people love it, then I'm willing to be wrong about that, but I right. think this is a terrible idea. <laughs> I, I agree. And I, and I think that, that, um, I, I think JK Rowling retains the right to say, no, I don't want this to be made and mm -hmm. it won't be made. Yeah. Um, and, and on those first films that she was consulted on everything from yeah. production design to casting, to screenwriting, like everything got her seal of approval. Yeah. So my question is like, okay, so let's say we make a new one. And they say, this is what Hogwarts looks like. Does she not like the, has she grown to dislike what she approved before? Right. And now she's approving something different or is she just approving something different because it will make her money or is she just approving something different because, well, it's different and that's fine. Like, I guess it's not a betrayal, but it's not really a, a you know, I don't know. I you don't know, know what I mean? Either. 
I don't know either. The, the woman's got plenty of money and I can't think that she is that concerned with making the publisher some extra new money by approving this project. Like I, yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know what her motivation would be at this point. Like, you know, I don't either. And, and, and likewise, I'll also say, even if the idea was not to adapt Harry's story again, mm-hmm. but to like do another story set in the wizarding world that's somewhere else. Yeah. It's kind of been proven that that doesn't work. And, and I guess that's not to say it could never work, but it's going to be really difficult. And so if they were like, Hey, we're going to make another story set somewhere else, sometime else in this world and put it on HBO max, I guess I'd be intrigued, but I'd also be like, but, but why though? Like, do we have to keep doing this? You can't just find another writer with another idea. Like why? Why go back to the well again? This is what things are now. Um, yeah. this is, as, as we know, this is, this is how, this is just what things are like David, David Zaslav, like basically promised the, the board or whoever during the merger, like, like I'm going to be making, here's how, what we're going to generate cash flow. I'm going to be yeah. banking on these IPs. And I, he may, he essentially swore on a Bible to, to do something with the Harry Potter IP. Like yeah. he's like, he, you know, so this is just him following through on that. But I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, and, I don't and, either. And that brings me to this New York Times link I put in the show notes. It's a podcast. Their their New York, their daily podcast. Their whatever the daily. Um, but it's also there's a transcript in the in the article. If you don't like audio, which you're here, so you, you yeah, must. you're here. Yeah. Um, but there's a podcast too. That's how I, I listened to this interview. I didn't read it, and so it's an interview yeah. from the host Michael Barbaro with A.O. Scott who. It now was the New York Times like senior movie critic mm-hmm. um, and has been since like 2000 or something. Yeah. Um, and it's A.O. Scott. And the, the, the title is our film critic on why he, well, now the, I lost the headline, why he's, oh, I don't want to get out of the transcript. Anyway, the link's in the show notes. Um, and A.O. Scott is a certain a few months back, whatever, like put out like a memo internally. And then, you know, they made it, they published it. Like he's quitting uh film criticism and yeah. he is trans. This is still related to books, you guys, because he is transitioning to the book review page of the New York times. He's still going to critique stories, but he's yep. done with film criticism. And this, yeah. this interview is about why. And you know, the, 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 the cliff notes of it is, large IP franchise filmmaking has burned him out and um, it's still, you should still go listen to it, click on it, whatever, like, you know, give them, you know, because this is stuff we talk about all the time. Yeah. It's, you know, even for somebody like him who you would think would get burned out just by watching that many films. um, But to, to, to live in the times we do now and so much of a percentage of movies um, are, are based on an existing IP or sequels of an existing IP or like, you know, the fifth movie of an existing IP or part of a big cinematic universe, Uh, you know, like it's, it is exhausting. And we talked about in the last episode with Shazam and, but we're talking about it now with Harry Potter and, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to talk about it because it's, it's, it's what's happening. And, yeah. I felt similar things that A.O. Scott feels like I've yeah. 
subtly been talking more about books on this show and, mm. and, and there have been times where either you or I have sat down here empty handed of movies because yep. we've either watched nothing worth talking about um, or we've watched nothing. Yeah. Um, and so we just talk about how often we should wash your hair. Right. <laughs> because, right. Yeah. Because that's yep. what's going on. And that's yep. just life. But it's also like it, it's it's getting hard to, as we've said, pick what is what 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 seems like it's gonna be worth your time and again i still get excited about less so and varying based on the titles i'm really excited about guardians 3 coming up i bought my tickets today i'm i'm mm. i'm thrilled but i also know that it's a, f- a film by marvel released in 2023 so it's very possible it's not up to my expectations and yeah. the idea that there are so many things I can watch with my kids or my wife or by myself. And I just know I can just already like future project that I'll probably only mildly enjoy it versus like be super glad I watched it. Yeah. It sucks. And yeah. And, um, and, and it, it just, it's just the state of things. Like I find myself going from, I feel like a couple of years ago I would have like, tried too much to argue the other side like yeah well you know it's obviously like and and end up inadvertently you know condescendingly explaining to the listener that this is what happened this is what filmmaking is now it's you know but i so it is but it's depressing it's not it's not it's i'm beyond the i'm beyond the point where i'm going to call this understandable and i'm going to transfer into no this is bullshit (laughs) i don't like it I, i i i like some of it but that's I don't I don't like that it's corporate controlled movies. Yeah. Some of them happen yeah. to be good, but but then that develops like you know three dozen uh, copycat um, strategies on the same thing, and yeah. we just get a bunch of trilogies or or cinematic universes or IP runs that's just chasing a trend and I'm happy that authors and creators and whoever is option wrote those things, got them optioned and are now making like, I will talk about in a future episode um, about Gillian Flynn who wrote sharp objects and gone girl. I'm really happy for her that not only her books got made into other things, but that she was paid as the screenwriter to write those things or executive produce those things. That's great for her. And that's the way it ought to be for any author whose work gets adapted. I just hate that there are less literary adaptations. You would think there are more. There's a ton that get bought up, yeah. you know, just in case they blow up right. and a studio's yeah. got them to make them. But yeah. there used to be a lot more of them. And they used to yeah. not just be fantasy novels because we like Game of Thrones now. It used to be just random books like Sharp Objects that had yeah. this dramatic and dark material that was really ripe for visual storytelling and character yeah. character based storytelling. Yeah. Um, and that's just much less a part of what's being put in theaters and, and made at all. So yeah. to, to, in summary, we have a glut an explosion of things being made and because of the sheer volume and the, 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 the blind salivating focus on, recognizable intellectual property we have just a super super smaller percentage of those things that are made that even resemble movies that came out 
in the late nineties, early two thousands that most people enjoyed and they just can't name anymore because it's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, like I, I'm certainly not going to try to argue the other side, but what I, Mm -hmm. what I would say is like from a financial perspective, if you're looking at this, what's happening has been building for a while and it makes complete sense, mm-hmm. right? If if I am the executive in charge of an account that has millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in it, mm-hmm. and I can write a blank check to somebody and say, I'll fund this, mo- this movie and you, all you have to do is make me money. Mm-hmm. Am I going to give that money to somebody who's like, Hey, you know, I have this very clear vision and, you know, artistic direction for this thing that I wrote, or am I going to trust it to somebody who's like, Hey, I grew up on He-Man and I want to make a He-Man story. And Mm -hmm. also He-Man toys sold, uh, you know, $1.7 million last year. So we can see that the return on investment would be blank. Oh, well, I'll give it there because that seems like a more solid investment than to give it to somebody who says I've got an original idea and I can't I can't quantify how much money that could make me back. Yeah. But but this other thing, He-Man, sure, I don't know what He-Man is, but if he says it makes sells a lot of toys, I'll I'll jump on that bandwagon, sure. <laughs> Does it matter if he knows what it is? No. All that matters is that he he tells me millions of dollars are on the table, so I'll give you millions of dollars to make me millions of dollars. <laughs> there you go, done. Right. So so that makes sense because when a He Man movie comes out, mm-hmm. it will undoubtedly be well attended. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so now part of the problem is us. We choose to go see these films and right. pay money to see these films. Right. I chose to give Warner Brothers money in exchange for my eyeballs to see Shazam 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do that. I did that. Um, in a way, I'm telling them with that that $15 that I plopped down on the table, um, theoretically, even though I had uh, Regal Unlimited and did not <laughs> plop down $15, um, <laughs> theoretically, I plopped down $15 for right. Shazam 2 and told them with that money, make more like this. Right. And that's what they heard. Yeah. They did not hear at the end me say, ah, I wish oh. they'd do better than that. I wish I hadn't paid this $15. Right. If I, guess I could, I I'd paid. take it back, you know. Yeah, I guess I would have paid seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like no, no one, no one's following up on that. They're just using the metric of you bought it right. as, as understanding of you liked it, which is and why you approved it. They spend so much on marketing and why marketing right. continues to just be a, a, a department full of geniuses. I'm yeah. no sarcasm yeah. who, yeah. who yeah. are extremely good at selling, selling movies and yes, and doing it very well. It's, it's, yes. it's just a reflection. It's not a reflection of what we want to see. It's a reflection of you should keep, you should pay, continue to pay your marketing department very well. They're yes. the only reason in hindsight that I'm here. <laughs> right. Well, they're the reason that I saw 65, yeah. right? Because I saw a trailer and I was like, Ooh, dinosaur action. And then I saw <laughs> the movie and I'm like, there's not a lot of dinosaur action. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and all the cool parts are in the trailer, right? Yeah. That that's movie marketing at its finest and also worst, most right. manipulative. Um, and, and that's, um, but, but theoretically I plopped down my $15 and said, 
hey, Sony, give me more things like this. Yeah. Because again, they're not following up, right? It's the equivalent of me going to the grocery store and buying up a bag of chips. And and the Lay's Potato Chip Company sees, oh, this we sold a bag of chips uh, in Georgia to this guy. And, uh, and so we must, he must love them. So we'll make more of them. But in reality, I got them home, opened the bag, tried one chip and said, that's disgusting. And threw the rest (laughs) of the bag in the trash. (laughs) Lay's does not know that. Right. All they know is, man, that product flew off the shelves. (laughs) Right. That's what's happening here. Yeah. So, so between us giving our money to something that we don't necessarily approve of at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and executives wanting return on investment. So they're going with the safe bets. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. It's the reason why I bet I could walk into a studio and say, I'd like to make a sequel to jingle all the way. And they'd say, (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Why? Because I can say, well, the first one had Arnold and we want to get him back for a legacy cameo. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Right? Done. Right? So that that's what um that that's what people are looking at is is they want you the executives want you to justify the money you're asking them for. Mm-hmm. And the people with original ideas have a much harder time doing that because all they can really fall back on is, well, you, you know, there were three sci-fi movies that hit really big last year, and this is also science fiction. Okay, yeah, okay, sure, but what, right. why would, but why yours? Yeah. Why this one? Uh, well, it's it has a female lead, and two of the three of the last, the last ones that were big had female leads. Okay, but uh, then, you know. Does, but does that equate to anything? Because in 2008, we had a female-led science fiction movie that didn't do very well, yeah. right? And so they're tracking the long haul, like, oh, we've got a past history of 12 female-led sci-fi movies that didn't do very well. And just because you say Aliens was great, okay, well, fine, but that was a long time ago, my friend. And <laughs> And you know what I mean? Like, you just don't have a leg to stand on. And you can't go to an executive and say, I want you to give me $100 million to make a movie about my personal story. It's autobiographical and it's about yeah. the struggles of a kid with, you know, okay. Right. Why? You're asking me for $100 million to tell a personal story? Right. No. And and even if you did, the only reason that, the only way that happens is, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention, it's my New York Times bestseller, and also here's how many copies it sold. You know, right. so like oh. the, yeah, the, the guy is responding to the ironclad sales numbers and the, the literary ranking, yep. not, you know, the story itself. Or... Or you walk in, you have your original idea, and you say, and, hey, everybody, put your hands together for Timothy Chalamet. Come on in, Timothy. Right. And he comes in and goes, I really endorse this project. Right. Oh, great. And guess what? We have special guest, our composer, Post Malone. Yeah. And then Post Malone walks in, right? <laughs> and you're like, hey, guys, I've got Post Malone and Timothy Chalamet, and we're going to make a movie about my struggle of growing up a, a white kid in Georgia. Right. So struggle, very struggle, you know, and like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's the, that, that's how you would sell it. Right. So, um, I, um, 
it's just the state of affairs. And so, but I agree with AO Scott that even while it makes sense and even while it's been a long time coming, mm-hmm. um, it it's disheartening because yeah. we're getting films that we're almost obligated to care for um, that maybe we don't actually care for. And, and when they're not great, we have an obligation to see the next one anyway. And, and the obligation exists in form, in the form of a social, you know, uh, a social currency that I have things to talk about with coworkers now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of what they're banking on. And, and anyway, uh, it feels like, and I'm not saying they are, but it feels like gone are the days where we're telling good, coherent, logical, moving, affecting stories. Yeah. And in its place, we're telling fast food brand name stories. Oh. And, and, and that's what it is because there, there is a difference between something that Quentin Tarantino makes. Mm hmm. And any, I was, I was going to pick on one, but I, I won't pick on it. I'll say black Adam. There's a difference. Yeah. Um, it be, and, and, and the difference is one is controlled by an artist and yeah. one is controlled by a corporation that owns the character rights to a character that they don't actually want or really care if it, if, if it, you know, puts this character in the limelight in some sort of artistic or, you know, whatever kind of way, Mm -hmm. all they care about is can money come into our pockets if we do this? Can we monetize this? Right. And, and that, that's, so one of the things I had heard recently from uh, somebody that I work with was um, he doesn't really watch superhero movies Mm -hmm. and, and uh, I wasn't, you know, being judgmental of that. I mean, that's cool actually. Sure, um, yeah. But I'm, but I'm just like, okay, so, but It's but like why? owning a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but the question is why? And his response was this. Uh, and I thought, I thought this was interesting. His response was when you talk about someone like Spider-Man or Superman, it's great that you can, uh, me, mm-hmm. he's talking to me. It's great that you can articulate why that character means something to you and how that character could be utilized in a way that affects you emotionally. Mm. However, and this was his point, however, at the end of the day, that is a that is a a a, a, a brand name. And that's all it is. Mm. It's it is a logo. You're paying to see a logo do a thing on a screen. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man at the end of the day is a logo. Superman yeah. is a logo. Batman is a logo. And these these logos represent a corporate entity. They do not represent storytelling. They represent a corporation that owns a thing that they can monetize. And that's why I call them fast food is because are you really paying for a hamburger or are you paying for the golden arches? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's sort of the, that's the problem. Um, in, in some ways, when you see the latest Marvel flick, are you paying for the movie or are you paying for the Marvel? Yeah. And sometimes recently it feels like you're paying for the Marvel Yeah, and it's not necessarily like it doesn't mean anything. 
because again, Spider-Man doesn't actually represent. He's not the bastion of, of, you know, uh, of emotional storytelling. He's just a logo. Yeah. Now I disagree with this colleague of mine. I think that, uh, these characters have over time meant more than that and can mean more than that and will continue to mean more than that to a lot of people. But I understand his point, which is it's just a logo. It's just a corporate owned thing that they slap together on something that resembles a movie. And suddenly they expect you to treat it as if it is one. Mm. Um, and, and that sucks, but it's not all bleak, right? Like every now and then a really solid gem comes out. Yeah. And and that's fantastic. And I hope that's what Guardians 3 is. Yeah. I hope it's a really solid, you know, like gemstone in the Marvel Infinity Gauntlet. Like that's mm-hmm. what I want it to be. But what that means is a corporation is going to have to lean on an artist in order for yeah. that to happen. And I think if any if if it's going to happen anywhere in the Marvel world, it's going to happen with James Gunn. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a solid chance that this ends up good. Yeah. Um, but like I don't even know who it was that directed Black Adam, right? Right. Because it kind of doesn't matter, you know? Right. And and that's sort of that's the problem. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I, I understand how we got here. But I hate that we're here because what here represents is that. And what here represents is, oh, live action Lilo and Stitch, live action Moana. Oh, God. Live, as if live action is like an upgrade for animation. It's so, it's so offensive. Like we've, we've, we've covered why it's offensive to yeah. the medium of animation, but like it's such yeah. a cynical, it's such a cynical cash grab. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong. First of all, I love. I, I, I go back to our great Disney Pixar poll. I love Moana. I think it's a. Yeah. I think it's a great movie in every way. Yeah. And the idea that they would remake it as live action, like it's it's almost like a, it's almost like they're not even pretending anymore. That there's any reason other than money to yeah. to make these things. Yeah, like we're just gonna we're 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 just gonna make it again, and we're gonna cast Dwayne Johnson again, and. Yeah. We're just going to, is there going to be singing? I mean, presumably we're going to have all the same beats and it's like, what's again, what's the reason to remake this? Like my, my criteria for adapting something or remaking it is like, you have to change something. You can't do a shot for shot remake. Like that Lion King was not only like, it wasn't even as good as the original Lion King. It's, it was worse and it was, the plot was no different. And so for, to me, if I'm sitting down with an executive and I'm like, okay, why are you making this? Well, because, you know, we want to, we think it, you know, needs to be made for a new audience. Okay, cool. Uh, what are you going to change? Well, nothing, you know, we're just going to make it again. Okay. So you're not going to change anything, but it has to be remade. That's like, that's paradoxical to me. Like yeah. if it doesn't need to be, if we're not going to, if nothing, if we're changing nothing, yeah. what are we doing? What, what's oh, well, the point? It's, it's newer special effects. It's like, that's not acceptable because then, well, because then we'll just remake every movie ever made, you know? <laughs> correct. Well, and, and I thought we had learned this lesson. So in 1998, Gus Van Sant created a shot for shot remake of Psycho. Right. And, and Psycho, one of the most, you know, beloved horror films of all time. Right. Um, 
incredibly well reviewed. And then the shot for shot remake is panned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why? Because it doesn't it it doesn't matter. It doesn't bring anything new to the table. It's not. Uh, you can't recapture lightning in a bottle. You can't redo something that worked and expect it to be just as good right. the second time around. Uh, and 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 I thought we learned that lesson. But then Disney comes along and starts remaking their animated films, and the dialogue's the same. The shot composition is the same in some. Uh, right. It it, it 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 it's the it's the same thing um, as the as this lesson we should have learned in 1998. Yeah, I'm I'm the, the live action remakes to me are just completely like now again, this isn't a perfect example, but at least with something like The Little Mermaid, mm. at least with that you you are changing something. Maybe sure. you're doing it because that's what makes more sense, that's what, you know, that's your way to change it like you know, I I'm not going to give it a pass because I don't want that film to be remade live action i again i still think that's offensive to animators and to my intelligence as a viewer like as if animation is just for kids it's just that's 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 idiotic but but it's still good for Halle bailey and it's good for it's it's, you know it it, it, but it's almost like that's not why it should get made that's just a silver lining like well at least if we're remaking this thing at least it's good for representation like Yeah. yeah that's that's great this still shouldn't exist Right. Right. Because because you have to give me something different. Yeah. Unless like, at the end of the movie, Ursula yeah. like kills her and, and <laughs> it's actually a different movie. Like you're going to surprise yeah. me. But if I'm going yeah. into a movie like, oh, I know how the, I've seen this story already. Right. It shouldn't then, exist. Right. Exactly. And and especially like what, what gets me with like something like The Little Mermaid is it gets remade with less appeal. And I'm not mm-hmm. even talking about like the casting choices. Mm-hmm. Flounder and Sebastian are very cartoony and expressive in the animated uh, film. Right. And in this, they're like realistic animals. We're that obsessed have with photorealism. Of, yeah, they have none of the appeal, none of the right. character appeal. And exactly. I'm like, so <laughs> you, you already like are operating at a disadvantage because yeah. a fish can't be as animated as an animated flounder can be. Yeah. Um, and anyway, yeah, I, it, it's just frustrating, but, uh, yeah, I, I understand where we are. I hate that we're here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to correct it other than to have more and more people see the projects that do get through that are not IP driven mm-hmm. and stop seeing the ones that are. Yeah. But even then, I think, I think studios are hard headed, And if in the next year, you know, Marvel plummets by half. I still don't think that that message is received. I think then it's a scramble of what do we do to fix this? I don't know. We just make more of them and do things better. Okay, done. We'll try. And then you're in your death throes and that's going to last for a while before Hollywood finally says, okay, let's pull the plug on this whole thing. Exactly. So, so I'm like, even if there was a 50% drop, which is never going to happen. No. Even if it's a 50% drop, we're still 10 years away from the end of this thing. Yeah. At yeah. The, at, even with a 50% drop. And, and that's not going to happen. So, you know, we're, we're not going to course correct anytime soon. But Mm-mm. what we can do 
what Hollywood can do and what I hope they would realize is that the IP, and this is what I would tell my colleague and did tell my colleague, what I hope happens over, over the course of time is that Hollywood realizes that it's actually better for them to create a good product with these things, with these IPs, than to just create something yeah. with these IPs. Because if it's good and it's based on something, you have the double whammy of all the fans going to see it and then telling everybody else to go see it. Yeah. But if it's just a movie that has characters in it that we that we recognize, but it's not good, then maybe the fans will see it and that'll start to drop eventually. But maybe the fans will see it, but they're not going to recommend it. And so you end up with your 60% drop in the second week like Ant-Man Quantumania had. It's... Uh, it's much better for the studio to create a good product. And so what I hope happens over time is that we start getting better products because mm -hmm. the people they hire care more. And so they're going to have to work harder to find those people maybe or give them more freedom or more money or more uh, 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 time to create what they want to create. But regardless, you have to give it time, money, effort, energy, care. And, and I hope that what happens next is that Hollywood says, we will continue to put out as many things as we're putting out, but they're going to be good. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that that could happen. There's nothing stopping it from happening. It's just, don't be greedy. Don't set your timetables too tight that they can't create something good. Don't start filming something before you have a solid script. Right. Um, and hire people who care, not somebody who's just in it for a paycheck. And yeah. that's how you, that's how you do it. And, uh, and if any Marvel or DC executive is listening right now, Connor and I work, uh, for scale and we will, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and, and, and we, and we will care. You can pay us very little and we will care very much. My, uh, I, 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 my schedule has opened up a little bit and I do have time <laughs> to pursue, uh, writing opportunities. Uh, so yes. if you, if you require, uh, if you require such services, you can email the Hoopercast. <laughs> there there uh, is no character you can throw at my lap that I will not care about if you pay me. Right. Right. And care right. and care very much. So, so yeah. that, you know, that's what, uh, what I hope happens. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think, I think that it's, yeah, it's just about identifying like, you know, not to hawk our podcast, but like identify people whose opinions you trust about art. And yeah. when they tell you that something is worth your time, like check it out and then build your own opinions, build your own network of word of mouth and just start to sort of, you know, be, you, I, to me, that's part of it. But also there's a large part of it that's just resist novelty just just resist like like look like i not not a great example because people may have strong feelings about this ip itself but like the super mario brothers movie like I, i'm not going to see it in theaters for economic reasons but i also just i'm not i just feel no reason to go other than to be able to discuss it but to me since like you could probably discuss that movie spoilers and all with me without me seeing it and i'd be fine like yeah. I have no reason to go see it, especially knowing that it's going to be available to stream somewhere, 
you know, within the year and I can just watch it at home. The only reason I would go pay to see it in theaters is if I strongly believed that they should be making more Nintendo movies, um, you know, with which I want to give it my dollar. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's just as many, there's just, it's just as likely the studio learns the wrong lesson from a good, from good box office. Yeah. You know, you know, this means we should cast more white people as Italian people. Like, you know, it's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's, it doesn't necessarily send the right message. Um, uh, so another critic pointed out, like it, it would send the message, however, that Nintendo's vast IP, like not only would that make you know universal lots of money it's also like there's potentially really great stories to tell you know so it's like so that's all true my thing is just resist the urge to to consume something <laughs> this is going to sound I'm going to sound like someone's dad i really want you to examine why you want to go see this thing uh, yeah is, yeah uh, is something is something wrong at home <laughs> like yeah, yeah right, do you right. desperately need to go somewhere f- for an evening yeah. um you know are you are you okay are you drinking too much you know are you like right I, I, but, but i mean it because because mindless consumption does stem from something psychological and painful and yeah. i just want people to make sure that they're picking things they actually like doing before they do them. Uh, yeah. Because I can tell you as someone who has routinely and cyclically done things I hate because I feel like I should do them or be them or believe them like that sucks. And yeah. for God's sake, would you, you probably do enough of that in your, in your life. You don't need to do that with your leisure time and your leisure activities, you know? Yeah. So yeah just, just go with your gut, you know, and, and take a chance on one movie a month, go on whatever streaming services you subscribe to, just scroll through some stuff, grab a couple of things and go, I'm not sure about this at all. Uh, and just, just watch it, just hit play and just start watching it once a month. Just do, just, just give yourself one little quota and just, you may just be surprised at something you stumble upon that you feel something strongly about, you know? You know, there, there's yeah. a bunch of things I took off of watch lists recently um, because I was like, you know what? I'm sure it's fine, but I only put those on here because I know what they are. And mm. I want to, it's, I, I'm 34 years old. Like I'm reaching the point where I am a lot less interested in perpetuating the things that I'm pretty sure I know about. Yeah. And so I'm, 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 I'm holding on to things though, that I like that I've seen before that I'm rewatching. Yeah. But that's different than trying things that are almost a sure thing. Yeah. The, the things I haven't seen, I'm trying to be adventurous with those and go, all right, I may not normally watch this, but what if this is yep. good yep. and, and picking and trying stuff? Because at this point, that's the flip side of streaming. Yes, there's a lot of stuff that's just okay, but there's also access to a lot of things you wouldn't otherwise have access to. And so if you use it right, you might get some gems. So yeah. Yep. Totally. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it. That'll yeah, do man. Okie dokie, everybody. Well, have a good week and we'll see you back here again very soon. Yeah. So soon. So soon. Hopefully with some good movies. Yes. I will talk about a couple of things um, that I enjoyed and made me feel things. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Excellent. Cool. All right. Toodles. Cool. Bye.